Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Sportswear Football Podcast and today I am joined here by Eklavya and Ashutosh, our content writers for the football blog. How are you guys doing? I hope everything is good. Hi Shivam, um, thank you for having us. It's uh, great to be here and cannot wait to have a great experience. Hi Shivam, I hope uh, you are great too, like with everything going around. Yeah, I think I am holding up fine. Because this was a crazy summer of football. Like, we just uh, got over with the Copa America and the Euros. And now we get to the final business and the transfer market. And with the club football starting next month, you know, there's a lot of things we need to look forward to. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think no one saw Italy and Argentina winning. And when they finally did, it was a great, uh, great victory for both those teams. And now heading to next season, really cannot wait. Actually, the, both the competitions had a lot of surprises, especially with France going out so early, Portugal getting knocked out, Belgium getting knocked out, and Italy coming out on top. So, yeah, but like you never can actually predict what's going to happen. That's football. Yeah, that's the beauty of the game. And the interesting part is that, you know, no one actually saw Italy winning this competition. We all thought that they would be dark horses. They might cause us a few surprises, but, you know, in the end, they caused the biggest surprise of them all. Because what a job Mancini has done with this team. They were never in the picture in 2018. They were at their lowest. And to go unbeaten for two years and to beat possibly every good team in Europe, that is, you have to applaud the man. Uh, yes, uh, I think, like you said, since ever since the uh, 2018 World Cup ended, they went on an unbeaten run. And maybe they did not have the toughest fixtures over those couple of years, but definitely in the World Cup, coming on to beat Belgium's golden generation. And then England in the final, I think. When England reached the final, I think everyone was pretty much betting on them to win. But I think Mancini definitely did a good job with this team. Everyone really thought, the unbeaten run is because they haven't had much of a match, but they really did show everyone who are winning the Euros that they are a match and could be serious competitor for the upcoming World Cup. You know, the same could be said about Argentina. You know, the drought is finally over for Lionel Messi. He finally lifts a trophy with Argentina. And boy, oh boy, I mean, the world, it just gave in. They just wanted to see him win so badly. And, you know, you could see what it meant to the Argentina team. And to do it in Brazil, against Brazil, where they haven't won for so many years, it just couldn't get any better than this, could they? Uh, definitely. I think Argentina, I think Messi, for to, for his career, for the great, wonderful, honourable career that he had, he had this one international trophy that was missing for him. And I think now that he's gotten it, okay, maybe they don't win the World Cup ever, or Messi doesn't win the World Cup ever, but I think having that Copa America trophy is really, I think it's going to be the highlight of his career. It has been, like, he has been waiting for it for so long and he has been to so many finals and still lost them. So, this one makes it that much special because he literally deserves it. He deserves to be uh, holding that trophy. Yeah, definitely. And it's not like it was never a strong case for him in the GOAT conversation, but this just makes his case even stronger. You know, it, it just puts him on the same pedestal as Pele, as Maradona, as Cristiano Ronaldo, and everyone who has won a trophy with their country, because that is exactly what was missing. 
you know and now you can say that messi is on the same pedestal and now according to people and their preferences they might go on to say that he's the best of them and they don't really have to explain themselves so that is what you know this is a big big achievement for lionel messi in argentina of course there'll be people from their country saying that you know he probably won't replicate what maradona has done for them but you have to take in the fact that ever since you know lionel messi has played for argentina the expectations have been very high because they're one of the greatest footballing nations that we know so for some people maybe he still needs to win a world cup but i'm sure for lionel messi you know this is just a burden of his chest because even if he doesn't win the world cup he can go on to say that i did something for my country uh yes definitely i think uh, you rightly said there were question marks raised on his international performance obviously we all hear the messi versus ronaldo debate and the biggest the biggest question or the biggest argument that ronaldo fans had was what has he done for his country and i think now he can really step up and i think each messi fan as well as messi have shown what they are capable of have really accomplished everything that they could have honestly like i uh, like even if what some people say i don't think anyone can question messi and ronaldo's performance anywhere like they have done something and they have done it consistently so i don't think anything or anyone can even question that you haven't done this or you haven't done that what they have done i don't think anyone's even going to be able to repeat it for another century yes that is very true you know you look at two remarkable legacies and the funny fact is that you know next year when the world cup comes in we actually might see one of them lift the trophy and you know that might be the final nail in the coffin for some and for others you know it would still be about preference so you know it is fair to bet our money on portugal and argentina next next year in the world cup uh i think especially with both of them now not at their prime and not performing at the same level that they used to or performing at the same standards set by themselves uh it's going to be a it's going to take a huge messi or a huge ronaldo performance in the world cup for either of them to win but uh you can never rule the goats out i think we've seen that from uh, ronaldo at so many times and we can we just saw that from messi in the copa america we just cannot rule them out they still like they are in their 30s one of them is 36 and another is 34 and they are still on the top of their leagues they are the top scorers so i don't think you can rule them out anytime soon we certainly wouldn't want to we certainly don't want to see this era end but uh, moving on to club football now getting into the business end of the season there are certain teams making moves in the transfer market one of them unlikely is manchester united you know you never expect manchester united to be making such moves in the market after their performances in recent years but they are actually putting up a team which could potentially go on to win the premier league or probably get ole his first trophy they've got jaden sancho which they should have had last year and reports suggesting that they are really close to finishing off that Rafael Varane deal i mean Rafael Varane and Harry Maguire at, at the back you know that's got to say something they they they've really got intention this year uh i think i'm um, definitely going to agree with you there personally being a united fan i think uh ole is the perfect man for the job 
And I'm not saying that he's a better manager than Jose Mourinho or even Louis van Gaal. But I'm saying he's the right man for the job. And the reason I'm saying that is because Ole had spent a majority of his career playing under Sir Alex Ferguson. And Sir Alex Ferguson is the one that left the great legacy for Manchester United. So I think to live up to that, Ole is the right man because he's played under him. He knows how the club works. So Ole coming in, he's making the right signings. Mourinho came in and bought so many players. They did not work out. I think uh, Louis van Gaal came in, bought so many players. Uh, uh, David Moyes came in and bought so many players, but none of the signings worked out. I think Mata was, okay, we can call him a success, but signings such as uh, Angel Di Maria, um, Schneiderlin, Fellaini, I think these are not the kind of players United as a club have bought uh, over the years. So I think Ole coming in, investing, maybe he's spending a lot more money than other managers, but he's investing in the right players in the likes of Harry Maguire or Bruno or Adnan Bissaka, now Sancho coming in. So I think we cannot raise questions on even one of Ole's signings because every player that he's signed so far is a starter or is a first-team player. Anyone who who has been watching Manchester United from the past two, three, even from the past two, three years, I'm not saying someone has to watch them for the past ten years, just barely from the last two, three years when Mourinho was the manager, you can see a difference in their game. You can see how Ole has been uh, implementing those tactics which he ha- which he used himself during the Sir Alex Ferguson era. So you can see the difference in their gameplay. You can see him getting the most out of the players that he had. Because everyone knows United is in a rebuilding stage and I think Sancho and Varane are going to be really good in that stage. Because the type of game that suits those players is the type of game that Ole plays. So, I really believe that he has been doing really well in those deals. I still don't know why their official announcement, especially Sancho's, is not be, has not been processed till now. But I guess it's just some legal work which will surely come up. Yeah, I mean, um, from all the sources that we've seen, the Sancho deal is done and dusted. He will be a Manchester United player. He will wear the number 7 shirt, most probably. I mean, I'd love to see him wear the number 7 shirt and get the stretch end on their feet, just like, you know, some of the legendary number 7s have done at United previously. But coming into this season, you know, they're, they're certainly making some additions to their squad. They're getting the likes of Sancho and Varane from different leagues with a very different style of playing. So, how do you see them adjusting in the Premier League? And uh, do you think that, you know, they can just come in and fit in right into the Premier League and leave a mark this season? Or is it going to be more of a gradual process for the both of them? Uh, I think United, whenever they're playing in the league, they should be going for the title. That's what. That's how Sir Alex Ferguson built the club. But ever since he's retired, we constantly see United trying for the top four. They finished uh, in second place a couple of times, but I think their target going into every season has somehow become a top four, which is not satisfactory. Ole realizes that and that's why he's making these signings. I think Sancho is a player that can lead them to the title. Varane definitely is a player that can lead them to the title. So, with these players coming in, with Sancho coming in, I can see them challenging for the top spot, but I don't see them winning it this year. Sancho, as good a player he is, I I think he's going to fit into the side pretty well, but is he going to take them to the title? Maybe not. With Varane coming in the picture, Varane signings obviously not yet confirmed. And hopefully it goes through. If it does, I can still see them challenging for the title, but I do not see this group of players winning the title this year. 
but Ole is building a squad for the future with his signings with the squad and with the players that he's using. So that way, definitely, I can see him building a team such as the Manchester City team from 18-19 and the Liverpool team from 18-19. I think Klopp and Pep built a team that could challenge for the title for a number of years instead of just one season. So I think Ole is kind of using a similar approach. So he's going to target this United squad and hope that they would win the Premier League title or at least challenge for it for a number of years consecutively instead of just maybe winning the title once and not winning it for another five years. Ole actually is a very, uh, what you call, observative manager. He knows the positions that he uh, his team lacks because obviously, like, very honestly speaking, uh, Vic- Victor Lindelof really wasn't the best pairing for Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire has performed on the top of his game, especially in Euros and even during the last year. Because last year, during the last, uh, like uh, barely the, the last two ma- uh, two match weeks, I guess he was injured. So we could have, you could see the difference he made in the United defense. Be- because if he would have been there, maybe the Europa League final that they lost wouldn't have been the same story. So, yeah, obviously he knows he needs a good player to match with Harry Maguire and I guess Varane could do it. Second of all, like the thing you asked, ke, if they'll just come up and pick right into the team, I don't think anybody can come up and just get uh, like get the gist of the Premier League. Premier League is a tough competitive physical league. So, I don't think they'll just fit right into it. But yeah, eventually they'll show their worth throughout the season because they have experience. They are players with great potential, especially with Varane's experience in the Real Madrid team. So, I believe they can be title contenders this year because last year they all, like they got the top spot even for a small insignificant time, but they got into that spot after so many years and Ole was the one to do it. Manchester City almost slipped up for that trophy last year during the first half of the season and then they just got back up on their feet. So, I believe that if Ole plays his cards right, if Varane and Sancho really do prove uh, that good of a transfer as we are expecting it, they could be serious competitors and if they don't win the title, I'm sure they are not going to let it slip out and I don't think the winning spot is going to have a like huge margin like they used to have in previous years. Well, of course, you know, when you talk about the Premier League, you've got so many great clubs. The current Champions League winners are from the Premier League. You know, for a club like Chelsea, you know, they always want to improve. They want to sign new players. They they spent a lot of money last season. You know, there are rumours, you know, about Erling Haaland potentially joining them, which I don't think will happen. But they have the goods to, you know, make their team better. You've got Manchester City, who are going to spend a lot of money again. As per the reports, their two prime targets being Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. We don't know whether these transfers will happen, but we have to take it in notice that, you know, United, despite getting these players, you know, they're they're still going to be lagging behind teams who already have built a system around their players. For someone like Pep Guardiola, whose whose ideology has been there for the last five years in a Manchester City squad, it is going to be hard to match for Manchester United, you know, in the first year with all these new signings. So, what I think is that, you know, um, United definitely have a good chance. They also have to focus on Europe because they are going to pl- be playing the Champions League. 
and they certainly don't want to go out in the group stages again and you know even last season they had a very good chance of going through but you know they just bottled it in the end so you definitely don't want to see that again that will again be a huge failure you know getting the likes of varan and sancho and then playing in the europa league so they will definitely be focusing on your in europe as well so like i'm not saying they can win in europe but they definitely want to do better there and as far as the league goes you know they were second last year the only thing that that can go better for them is for them to go on and win the league this season like anything less than that is either a replication of last season or a downgrade from last season so that is purely based on the terms of numbers i'm not because we don't know how the season is going to pan out each and every season is different but when you're going to compare the standings you're going to look at those things right you're going to look at the numbers so according to me united do have everything to go forward and probably contest for the title maybe even clinch it i'm not going to you know kind of count them out uh but certain players are going to have to step up i i feel um even if you leave out the likes of sancho and varan since they're new into the team i would really like to see marcus rashford step up after his surgery to finally be the player we expect him to be to to na- to notch up those 30 35 goals in a season which he is capable of doing you know he is he is capable of getting into those positions and you know scoring those goals we saw that in 1920 we saw glimpses of that in this season but of course he was suffering with injuries so all of these things you know if, if these things go right for manchester united i think they got everything to win the title this year definitely i think the rashford injury is a crucial point uh because especially if he's going to miss the first couple of months i think it was two or three months if he's going to miss two or three months of the season that means even if sancho itself sancho is definitely starting but then that means that greenwood gets the other wing spot and Greenwood is a great player. I'm not not denying that, but he's not the kind of player that's going to help you challenge for the title. He definitely has the potential to be, but right now he's he's young for that, and he has a lot to grow, and he has he has to mature a lot. I think Cavani staying for another year is going to help him with that. So I think Rashford going away is going to be crucial. If Greenwood can step up, then it's going to be great for the title challenge because, like you said, when Rashford comes back, he has to step up. Okay, understandably he was playing with an injury for a long time now, and now that that it's gone, we expect him to not only play at the same standard but actually raise it. So I think, like, rightly said, we really Luke Shaw has definitely raised raised the bar from what his performances were to how he's performing right now. I think, like you said, a lot of players have to do that with the likes of Marcus Rashford. If Marshall ends up staying at the club, he really needs to step up because. Marshall needs to be challenging Cavani for that number one spot. So this season, I don't see him doing that. But Marshall is a special player. I can see that there's a lot of talent in him, but he has to just stay focused and actually get it out. With uh, Cavani finally having that number seven jersey last season, we had a number seven score goals, which most of the United fans were dying to see after Ronaldo left. Because as far as I can remember. I don't see anyone from Di Maria to Alexis Sanchez or anyone who wore the number seven jersey and was successful in this club before Cavani came in. He really proved that age is just a number. He was helpful in poaching a lot of those goals, a lot of those comebacks, which act like which is 
what you call surprising for United because they were never the team after Sir Alex Ferguson left to make those comebacks. But last season, everyone after they went down a goal, everyone expected them to come back and win the game. And most of the games, they did do it. So Cavani was really helpful last year. And with Sancho on the wing and on other wing, I guess it's going to be Greenwood or Ashford with Luke Shaw getting in those crosses, Bruno Fernandes getting in those balls up third. I really believe that United is going to be one hell of a squad and their games are seriously are going to be worth watching this, this year. Well, that's uh, that's our views on Manchester United. It's certainly going to be a very exciting season for Ole and his men. And he would certainly want to win a trophy. He would certainly want to, you know, open his account with Manchester United. But moving on to their uh, Premier League rivals per se, Chelsea. You know, they've had one heck of a season and one one player which has stood out and very ex- unexpectedly is Jorginho. You know, he's gone on and he's played a key role in the Champions League campaign. He was right there alongside N'Golo Kante. And one of the things which you'd love to see is how he has improved his work rate. I remember there were a lot of criticisms about him playing under Sari and not being a very, you know, a, a midfielder who would run around much. But that has completely changed. He's all over the place. And he plays that register role. Like, you know, he's the one who invented it. He's been doing it so well this season. And then he goes on and plays for Italy and he replicates all of that. And, you know, he scores the winning penalty against Spain and Italy win the Euros. So, I mean, the question which we all have is, you know, after 2018, if there's one thing that we have noticed, is that the Ballon d'Or is no longer decided just on the basis of goals. So, is it is it possible that... Uh, Jorginho could be, you know, in contention for the Ballon d'Or this year. I mean, he certainly deserves a shout after all the trophies he's won, right? What are your thoughts on this? Okay, I'm just going to come out and say this. And I know that Madrid fans are going to hate me, but Modric did not deserve to win the 2018 Ballon d'Or. Coming on from that, uh, Jorginho, he's, he's a great player. No denying that. I think his passing, his quality, he's definitely increased his work rate. He's covering a lot more distance per game than he used to. So, um, coming on from that, he's got two trophies to show for it. Okay. He's got, he's got the Euros and he's got the Champions League. And Champions League, winning the Champions League is a big thing. Okay. We're not going to deny that. Thomas Tuchel came in and did a great job with the Chelsea side. And Jorginho won the uh, Champions League with Chelsea and Italy, okay, it was definitely a dream run with Italy winning the Euros. Speaking of that, is is Jorginho really worth a Ballon d'Or? That is a big question and my answer to that is no. The reason why I'm saying this is because the, obviously the Ballon d'Or until now has been, has been going to players that have won the Champions League or won their respective leagues or let's say Modric, she was the uh, runners-up in the final. But was his performance really at that level? So, I personally think the Ballon d'Or is a little biased in the sense that it goes to players that have won leagues or titles. And I don't think that there's nothing wrong in that because at the end of the league, at the end of the season, you really want to win a title. But was his performance up to the mark? Did he perform, let's say, better than Lewandowski? Did he perform better than Messi? So, or did he, okay, Ronaldo was not at his best, but I think 
with Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, you cannot, until they're playing, I don't think you can put anyone in the same level as they are in terms of winning the Ballon d'Or. So, Modric, when he won the Ballon d'Or in 2018, I think he won the Golden, he won the uh, Golden Ball Trophy at the World Cup and he won the Champions League with Real and then he won it. But was his performance at the same level as, let's say, Rafa Varane that year? Because Varane won the uh, Champions League with Madrid as well as the uh, uh, World Cup with France. Similarly for Griezmann, Griezmann won the uh, Europa League that year and he had a great influence on the French team that won the World Cup. So, Jorginho, yes, he has a trophy to show for it, but was his performance really at that level? That, for me personally, that's a big no. See, uh, I, I remember I just had a conversation with someone yesterday regarding this Jorginho feud. A lot of the people think that Jorginho should win. See, if Balindio, first of all, is an individual trophy, it is based upon, like, obviously, like, trophies do tip the scale in your favor, but still, it's based on your individual efforts, your goals, your assists. So, I don't think Jorginho has been anything more than a part of those, uh, what you call successes. He was a part of Chelsea's success for the Champions League. He was a part of Italy's success in the Champions League. But if anyone asks me, was he crucial to those successes, I wouldn't say so. Because it was not his winning goal. It was not uh, his assists that got them those trophies. He was there. He did good work. He played good. But Balindior means the best, and I don't think he was the best on the. He, he was the. He wasn't the best on the field. Just because he happens to be in Chelsea and Italy, you don't get to just hand him that award just like you did with Modric. And if you can give someone a Balindior for getting in the finals of the World Cup, I believe the 2014 year where. Uh, Ronaldo was given the uh, Ballon d'Or. If that is the parameter for getting the Ballon d'Or, I guess 2014 Ballon d'Or should have been to Messi. And if this is the trophies you are considering, then there have been many instances. Wesley Snyder should have won when Inter was phenomenal. They won every trophy they could have. Frank Ribéry, he was a leading contender to win the Ballon d'Or if the trophies are uh, the, the team trophies is what you count for winning the Ballon d'Or. The uh, Bayern won everything they had that year. So, I don't think Jorginho should be kept over Cristiano Ronaldo, Lewandowski or Lionel Messi this year. I don't believe so. See, but that's where the debate comes in. Like, Modric was handed the Ballon d'Or. And, you know, Iklavya pointed out that there was Rafael Varane, there was Antoine Griezmann and a lot of other players who played better. But... Main name, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo scored 50 goals that year at the age of 33. He was the top scorer of the Champions League. And yet, he was not given a single individual honour that year. You know, it has to be connected to the false accusations which came up against him. Because if that is really a parameter of giving a person a Ballon d'Or, then, you know, I could post... Then, then giving Jorginho the Ballon d'Or also makes sense. But the thing is... Modric winning the Ballon d'Or was never based upon the certain parameters which have been set for the Ballon d'Or. It was more based upon Real Madrid wanting someone from their club to win the Ballon d'Or because they're the club that won the Champions League. 
and that has like that was intervene. exactly like how it was going on at that point of time so you know like it really makes you feel bad for ronaldo joining juventus and you know not getting a six ballon d'or and now possibly facing the you know facing the future of being too behind lionel messi but if you have given modric a ballon d'or the same way then why doesn't those same rules you know apply to messi and jorginho i like to say something if it's okay in the middle sure sure please go on. yeah uh, i like honestly the year that uh, the last year at madrid when madrid won the champions league and modric was given the ballon d'or i believe it was ronaldo's efforts that got them the champions league and not modric's of course he was the top scorer of the competition that year so the question oh, arises the question is why are the standards different in 2021 than they were in 2018 why is it okay, so- jorginho and messi put on the same bar as modric and ronaldo and why is it all four of them getting the same treatment so i read an interesting thread about this and obviously there is no there are no facts or there is no evidence to it and it's just a theory but i heard that obviously we know how influential perez is in the world of football in uefa maybe he has a kind of a strange relationship right now with the european super league but he was an influential person with all with all of uefa speaking of that uh, as well as fifa so uh, i think coming from that i read that the reason modric won the ballon d'or was because ronaldo was leaving real madrid i think because ronaldo left madrid obviously perez did not want him to so when ronaldo left madrid he did not perez kind of did not want ronaldo to win the ballon d'or and we all know that perez how big of a businessman he is so modric winning the ballon d'or is huge for the player as well as the club so i think that brings a lot of media traffic to towards madrid as well as modric so i think maybe that could have been a reason also another contender i think even hazard deserved a shout for uh, that season because he played well with belgium he played excellent with chelsea but yet again like you said the standards why are they different then and why are they different now and i think the reason behind that is because jorginho is a low key person he's not in the media he's not a brand he's not a people's image whereas i think every player that plays for real madrid is a brand is an image the world wants to know what's happening with each and every player of real madrid because they have that image that the top they're always either first or second or at the match in the top 3 of the most biggest brands in football so i think that i think adding to all the on field views i think how you are off field also kind of makes a political influence on the ballon d'or winners see ballon d'or does not have exactly a parameter right you don't have any scale on which you rate it you don't have anything like a so rock solid that this is the scale on which we give this award it's just opinion of some journalists some analysts and based on those we give out that award so those opinions can be changed i know this kind of is a what you call mm, conspiracy like uh, it doesn't seem it doesn't sound right but opinions can be taped in your your side it can be changed it can be influenced so like just what happened with modric i don't think that thing should be repeated again and anyone should be robbed of uh, ballon d'or because it's the most prestigious award any individual could have in his lifetime 
most of the players throughout history have had the honor to have it once or twice and even maybe thrice but ronaldo and messi have really upped the bar they are six time and five time winner of this award honestly the year modric won it it should have been ronaldo's and if he would have stayed in madrid i can guarantee you it would have been ronaldo's on that stage holding that award but it wasn't because in the end it's just opinions and opinions can be changed so i don't think i need to say anything more about it well i think that is also one of the main reasons why you know this award is kind of losing its prestige over time because people are actually able to see the kind of pr and the kind of media support and the agendas which clubs and players drive in order to tip these opinions however moving on uh, as a conclusive uh, statement i don't think that jorginho is going to win the ballon d'or i think it is going to be lionel messi two reasons one it is lionel messi it is lionel messi winning a title with argentina so you really can't top that can you and second the pr and the agenda and the media and his own club backing him up so i don't think there's any chance for jorginho to be really be in the picture he could be top 3 but in my eyes the top 3 would be ronaldo lewandowski and messi with messi probably winning it unless of course you know robert lewandowski decides to go haywire again and scores 30 goals in 15 games then he would probably have another shout Yes, and I think you just you cannot ignore Messi this year. I think uh, he's won the Copa America. I don't I don't have much to say about apart from that. I think most long-awaited trophy in his career is one that he's going to win the Ballon d'Or. That's a big full stop. I think Jorginho he's had a great season. It's a big thing to even have people shouting for you to win the Ballon d'Or, and I think that's going to be the biggest individual award he's going to win in his career. Messi has been on top of everything. Like he was every like on every stat in Bal in Copa America, he was on top of it. Everywhere you see like most assists, most goals, chances created, anything. So and even if Barcelona didn't actually perform the level they were supposed to in La Liga, and considering the turmoil that they had in the club, I believe this. If even if they get did get one trophy it's a big achievement considering it's the first season for ronald koeman so yeah i believe it's going to be lionel messi and if anyone's going to give him a competition for that trophy it's going to be robert lewandowski well you have to certainly feel bad for robert lewandowski you know he was kind of robbed of the ballon d'or last year and of course ronaldo has been performing every single season with this juventus side and still you know somehow it just hasn't been up to his own standards he's a victim of his own standards but that does not change the fact that lionel messi this season has probably been the best player in the world moving on talking about lionel messi he's also extending his contract with barcelona it is a 5 year deal he's taking a significant pay cut how do you see this panning out i mean uh, there was there was a lot of talk about him leaving barcelona wanting to win again before he ends his career we've seen barcelona get a new president make some new signings with ronald koeman still at the helm do you really see barcelona having immediate success over the next two years oh i think you cannot rule them out you can never rule them out Especially all the more this season because okay, Atletico Madrid 
played uh, tremendously last year and won. Real Madrid are kind of struggling right now for that. So are Barcelona. But Real Madrid, with Real Madrid struggling, that gives Barcelona an edge to them winning the title next season or maybe even just the edge over Real Madrid. Uh, speaking of Messi, we all we all heard uh, like he was frustrated less than a year ago. He just wanted to leave the club at no cost, and then like you said, he came back and the whole situation had turned around. Uh, he's taken a significant take out, and a lot of signs have come in. I think with Memphis Depay coming in, with Aguero coming in, it's going to be a big deal for the club. Okay, all they're all world class players. They're all class capable of helping Barcelona win the title. Do I see them winning? I think yes. I think mentally for Messi, it's a big boost with these players coming in because even last season Barcelona was struggling, but Messi was performing. So he's he's that kind of player. He knows how to win a game, even when ten people are kind of struggling, are kind of backing backing him or pulling him down. He'll be there to win the game. So I think with Aguero coming in, he has a great off-field relationship with Aguero. That's going to really help both of them on the pitch. Memphis Depay coming in. So I think I really see definitely not the Champions League. I don't. I don't think the squad has that quality. But with the likes of Pedri coming in, Pedri played I think what 50, 60 games last season. He's going to do the same this season. So I really think Barcelona have what it takes to win the La Liga this season. Being a Barcelona fan, I like honestly say that I believe that whatever last year happened was somewhat necessary because see if. That wouldn't have happened. The board wouldn't have changed hands. We wouldn't. We wouldn't have been able to see those upcoming young players from their academy because then Bartomeu would have been like onto the same thing, like spending a buttload of money on players, getting them here with a price tag that high. The player has a pressure on him to perform and to perform maybe even more than he could, but. The way Laporte is handling the situation with transfers, like he got Memphis Depay for free, a great player, Aguero for free, he got Eric Garcia, a young prospective, really good player, that too uh, for free. He got Emerson for a minimal minimal fees from Real Betis back. So I believe he's actually spending the resources uh, wisely, and without those heavy transfer fee tags on the players' heads. I think they can focus more on the game and rather than the media scrutinizing them for the tag that they carry. Second of all, the uh, thing about Messi's extending is he was right to frust- get frustrated last year. You get a thrashing of eight goals to two in a Champions League game. That is not at all what you expect from a club like Barcelona. So obviously he had all the right to be frustrated to want to leave the club, but I cannot be uh, like. Any more glad than I am right now that he did not leave. He performed the he performed in last year. He saw what Ronald Koeman could do, and I really believe they have a chance for La Liga, and even they have a chance to outperform and bring the Champions League home again, because with the players that they are having right now, and with the, those Koeman's tactics, see last year it was his first season. You don't expect every manager to outperform in his first season. Not every manager is like Sir Alex Ferguson or uh, Pep Guardiola, who can do stuff like that with every team. But Koeman actually has something that can improve Barcelona, and this extension 
of five years really shows that Messi has confidence in the club. Otherwise, he could have chosen an extension of maybe one or two years because he wouldn't want to get stuck with something he would regret. But he has confidence in the team. He has confidence in the board, which is actually a really supportive board. It backs the coach. It backs those players. And they actually make decisions which are knowledgeable, which are wise. Forcing a lot of those players to take a pay cut is a big deal because nobody wants to get their wages reduced, right? But still, they, most of them have agreed. Messi has agreed because they showed that the club is something for them and they could be something for the club as well. So, I believe it's a really good chance for Barcelona this year to grab trophies and show the world what really Barcelona is made of. You know, that that is a very strong take when you talk about them bringing the Champions League home. It's only happened once in the past 10 years, if I'm not wrong, or maybe twice in the past 10 years. But, you know, you just can never count them out. You know, they've at, they, they've, they've been at their lowest. They've, they've got a new system. They've got a new precedent. The only thing which is against them right now is that Messi is not is no longer 28 or 29. So he does not have a lot of time. He, he is 34. And as fit as he is, you don't put him in the same bracket as someone like an Ibrahimovic or someone like a Ronaldo. So, you know, you probably know that, you know, despite signing a five-year contract, he's probably got two or three good years left in him. So, it is really important for them to make it click, to make it work. Ronald Koeman has also had to come and adjust to the way Barcelona play because the kind of ideology which Ronald Koeman plays with is very physical, it's very intense. He wants all of his players to be pressing, which is one of the major reasons why he wanted someone like Wijnaldum in the team. Of course, he is going to PSG right now. So, it will be interesting to see what they come up with. It is true that, you know, Real Madrid are currently struggling in the league. And Atletico Madrid, you know, you can never count them out because they're making the right signings. They have the right players. They certainly have the right manager. And, you know, they have a culture of winning these things in the most ugliest way possible. And you wouldn't count them out to do it again. But for now, I think, unless Real Madrid makes a big move, Barcelona are better suited next season to bring the La Liga title home. As for the Champions League, I think it's a, it's somewhat a far shot. But, of course, anything is possible in this game. Um, as long as Barca don't come up against Bayern, they're gonna, they might just sail through the Champions League. Uh, like like someone mentioned, the 8-2 last season... I want to remind you guys that that was just one leg. We didn't even have two legs game, two leg games uh, in that season. So I think that one did Barcelona a huge favor because that Bayern team were definitely not going to stop. And not to forget uh, that it was five two against PSG. You know, it, it was two legs, but it was five two. Yeah, uh, rightly. And speaking of Barca this season, I think Laporta is the right man. He showed that with the signings. I think Laporta coming back is the main reason Messi decided to stay. Because uh, in Laporta's previous spell, he was the manager that got in Sanguiletto. He was the man that got in uh, Eric Abidal, Yaya Toure, Thierry Henry, Pique, Dani Alves. So, when you think of Barca legends, these are the players that you name. And he's the one that actually got all these players to the club. So, uh, Messi knows he's the right man for the job. And I think Laporta has convinced Messi to stay. Uh, I think, rightly said, Messi has at best two or three years in him uh, until he can carry this Barca team. So, this season would really be the one where Barcelona as a team 
should win the title. It's not are they capable of doing it or are they not. They have to win it this season because let's see, let's just say two years from now, Messi maybe decides to move to MLS or City or wherever. Barcelona are gone. Like honestly, I don't think they have a plan B for when Messi retires. I think Madrid are kind of coping in a similar way. That's why they're kind of opening up funds because they see Kylian Mbappe as a true successor because obviously Hazard failed. So we, Barca has first-hand seen Madrid st- struggle when their legend left them. So I really hope they don't make the same mistake because they already struggled really bad last season with Messi there. So it's really going to be a bumpy ride if he leaves because I honestly don't see them doing anything. I cannot imagine what I would do in that position because you cannot cope up with the loss of such a great player. So they really should win the league this season. I don't think they have a second way to go about it. You know, talking about time running short and specifically Lionel Messi, you have to talk about, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Both of these players, you know, they're into their late 30s now. Messi's edging 35, Ronaldo is 36, edging 37. But of course, both of them still on the top of their game. And we all know for a reason that, you know, they want to end their careers on a high. They want to end it on a winning note. And that certainly hasn't been the case for someone like Ronaldo, who joined Juventus three years back. He hasn't made it to a Champions League semi-final yet. He hasn't really had a convincing Champions League campaign with the Italian giants. He has played in three different managers over the past three years. None of them have really worked. And, you know... You expect it from him. He finally reached a saturation point with all these rumours coming out that he might want out of Juventus and probably go to another club. We all know that the door for Real Madrid was closed by Fiorentino Perez. So, Manchester United have gone forward with Jadon Sancho because they want to invest in youth. Do you possibly feel that Ronaldo could end up at PSG this season? Oh, I think it's going to take a tough one from for Ronaldo to end up at PSG, but uh, uh, it's, are PSG interested? Yes, they definitely are. Uh, is Ronaldo, would Ronaldo want to go to PSG? I think definitely, if he, especially with Di Maria there, he's played with him at Real Madrid and Neymar and Mbappe. I think it's going to be great for both the club and the player if he lands up there. Do I see it happening? No, but you can never rule out Mino Raiola. I think he's, I think every club in the world hates him just because he gets, he does what he has to do. He gets the job done. And I think he's, he's the one that can actually send Ronaldo to PSG. Even if PSG say, no, I think he has what it takes to convince PSG. Uh, Ronaldo does not need to sell himself. Uh, speaking of Ronaldo at Juventus, definitely he struggled with them coming from the high he had at Real Madrid, this has been a terrible low. Juventus are just not the kind of, do not play the kind of football or do not see the style of football that Ronaldo wants. And I think when you have a player like Ronaldo in your team, the team needs to adjust to him. Because he, he has the power of changing any game. He can influence a match, he can influence the whole league. So the team really needs to adapt to him, which has struggled to happen at Juventus. So I think a move away would be best for him. United, I think Ronaldo coming to United would have been great. United need a goal scorer like him. United need a player that can score those 25-30 plus goals a season. And Ronaldo will definitely can score like 40, 50, 60. So he would have been a perfect fit at United. But rightly said, with Sancho coming in, they've invested in the youth. They have a long-term project. 
Uh, Ronaldo, I don't see him going to PSG. I really think he's just going to stay at Juventus and struggle for a few more years. With uh, the recent years, as you can see, uh, they actually bought Ronaldo to... Like, we just thought that if they can bring in Ronaldo, they can win the Champions League. But they forgot one thing that if football eventually is a team sport. And Madrid was one hell of a team when they won the Champions League. And I don't think Juventus is anywhere near it. They have been winning Serie A for the past, I believe, 9 or 10 years. But they even lost it this year. And they barely qualified to the Champions League top 4. And that too just because another team failed to win a match on the last match day. If that team would have won the match, Juventus would have been playing Europa League and all the Ronaldo fans would have been seeing Ronaldo playing against small teams like uh, I don't exactly remember the name, but like the team like Villarreal and all in Europe. And I don't think Ronaldo would have ever wanted to play in Europa League, setting the standard of being a three-time Champions League winner, uh, three consecutive three consecutive years with Real Madrid. I don't think he'd ever want to play in Europa League. So I believe a transfer from Juventus would be the right move, even after Allegri comes has like uh, is has come back to Juventus. I don't see them going on to and reforming the team because I don't see any rumours or any reports that show that Juventus' board is actually doing something, bringing new players to support Ronaldo. Because in those Juventus matches, anyone who has seen even one or two matches the whole season, you can see it is all Ronaldo doing the stuff in front of the goal. He's the one scoring, he's the one doing everything and in the end, he's the one who's frustrated because they didn't win. But you need you know, your team to back You need your team to back you up. Well, that is, of course, an interesting point because Juventus are struggling with their financial situation due to the COVID pandemic. But then you wonder, you know, Juventus know that they need to rebuild. So, they also know that Ronaldo is going to cost them massive wages. So, they wouldn't actually mind getting him off their books, but I don't think that they certainly can this year because, you know, there are a lot of uh, things which need to happen for Ronaldo to move to PSG. You know, the PSG already have an ongoing conflict with Mbappe. They certainly want to keep Mbappe. And if Mbappe stays at PSG, I don't see them spending or cashing out another 30 million per year salary for someone like Ronaldo. Of course, you don't rule it out, but, you know, that would be crazy. Given the fact that, you know, this is probably the last and the final decisive week for his future before he returns to training, we can all collectively say that, you know, he is 80% staying at Juventus. And this being his final year with Allegri coming back for a project which has always been set out as a rebuilding project, which might, which might have, you know, Federico Chiesa as the centre or maybe Paulo Dybala at the centre, you know, what do you expect from this team going forward? Like, how do you think? Like, do you think Iaza and Dybala and Kulisevsky or maybe Morata are capable enough of supporting Ronaldo this season, given that they're all fit, given that they have a competent manager, and the fact that, you know, they might actually end up snatching Manuel Locatelli from Sassuolo to kind of fix that midfield somehow? Uh, I think Locatelli coming in would be a great boost for Juventus. He he had a great season at Sassuolo. He's had a great season with Italy. So I think he's definitely going to boost the squad. Chiesa had a terrific Euros. 
I think it wasn't highlighted as much, but he scored some great goals. He had some great influence on the match. He was always testing the defense. So I think when that sort of winger plays in your side and with Ronaldo in the box, you're always going to be a threat. Uh, the main problem with Juventus is their creativity. They don't have a reliable creative player. Dybala has not been performing at that standard. I've personally seen many a times where Ronaldo drops deep, tries to create chances, but what happens? There's no one to finish it. Okay, he, you cannot trust Morata to finish every ball. So, I think that's the biggest problem with Juventus. Speaking of Ronaldo, he's definitely not going because when Allegri comes in, obviously as a manager, if you come into a club, you, want, you have Ronaldo, you don't want him to leave. You want to use him. And I think this squad, I don't see them challenging for the title. I think Inter are a great squad. They've, they've performed really well under Conte and I think they're gonna have, it's going to be a repeat of last season. But just focusing on Juventus, even if, let's, let's just say that hypothetically Ronaldo leaves, Juventus, what are they going to do? Who's going to replace him? So, I don't think they even they have a plan B of if Ronaldo leaves. So, that's why they, I think they're going to hold on to him. And this season, they're just going to hope that Ronaldo does something magical like he always does. I think it's going to be a one-man show. Okay, maybe Chiesa. It's going to be a two-man show, but it's mainly going to be Ronaldo because he's the one scoring the goals. So, I think they're going to be overly dependent on him and we'll just have to wait and see how that turns out. I totally agree with Eklave here because, honestly, I don't... Like, see, Dybala, Chiesa has been really amazing with Italy this year and Dybala is a great player and if they get if they snatch Locatelli, it's going to be great. But still, it's the Ronaldo that's giving them the end product. It's because of him, wherever Juventus was able to finish this year in the league or in any competition. It was just because of him that they were able to do that. So, if Ronaldo leaves, it's going to, like, no matter how much he costs, like, they obviously you have a huge wage bill, but you are getting that result out of him. So... If he leaves Juventus and goes to PSG or United or any other club, I don't think Juventus is going to be coping well because right now they are dependent on him and heavily dependent on him. And I don't see anyone uh, stepping up and filling those boots for him. Well, from my personal point of view, before we reach the end of this podcast, I feel that, you know, this has to be the season, the redemption season for Juventus. Allegri is the man who has taken them to two Champions League finals. And you know, when you look at even those teams, they didn't really have a star man in there or a star-studded midfield. They had the likes of Matuidi, they had the likes of Pjanic. But Allegri is a guy who knows how to make it work. And given the fact that he's been out for two years, he might bring in some new ideas. You know, he's no longer stuck to his old ideology. He's had the time to rethink, reinvent how he wants to play football. So, it will certainly be an exciting season if Ronaldo stays. Given the fact that, you know, he has been heavily criticised last season and, of course, with seeing, you know, Messi achieve such glory, I think there's going to be that fire inside of him no matter where he plays. But, of course, the right decision would be to leave whether it's this year, whether it's next year. But when it's Cristiano Ronaldo, you just want him to win with every team that he plays for. And you certainly want that to be the case with Juventus as well. <clears throat> and hopefully, you know, they end the season up on a positive note. With that, we are going to end our first episode of the Football Podcast. 
and i hope that you know you guys really enjoyed listening to us we are sorry if there were any minor glitches and i would also like to thank it lovely and ashutosh for joining us for our first episode there are many more to come and we hope to see you soon thank you guys